Well, God, God is the real deal. He just uses donkeys and people like me to, to, to spread his word. So if, if he can use a donkey, he can definitely use me too. Amen. You know, uh, before, I, before I pray, I, I, do, I do just want to just say a little bit about Jack. Uh, this brother, man, is probably one of the best Bible teachers I've ever been around. You know, working 30 years as the coach chaplain, uh, you know, you have a lot of guys, and I, I've traveled the nation and the world proclaiming truth as an evangelist. And so when I have a time to come and sit and soak with guys like Jack, who can empower brothers like me because if you are the smartest person at your table, your table is too small. <laughs> so I needed to be at tables with brothers like that. And so, uh, Paul, I want to thank you, bro. I really do. This warms my heart that the body of Christ would extend the hand of fellowship cross-culturally and cross-denominationally. I mean, we're not part of any denomination, but we all love Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what it's really all about. I, I want to kind of start with a song I always love. To I call it my preach, my, my, my prayer starting song. Let's, come on, let's go. There we go. Technology makes you look good, but it makes you look stupid too, boy. <laughs> Amen. God, we do come. Again, first service, God, was a little sub subdued, laid back, folks still sleep. A little bit more lively in this service, God. God, I thank you that you've given me this wonderful opportunity to come and share my heart with these wonderful, amazing people. Thank you for, for Paul and Genesis Church and his staff and support. Thank you for my ride or die partner, Aaron Elliot, God, what a gift from God. A partner who hears my heart, has a vision, is not a yes man, but God's man. Thank you for my wonderful wife, who's been with me for 35 years. Talk about ride or die, the real deal. My baby, my boo, my girl. God, I thank you. Through your word, through your empowerment, you give us what it takes to be all that God's called us to be. I pray that the sound man would turn the music up a little bit because black people like it loud. God bless us as we can bless our wonderful nation, America. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. This is an old, 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 old song, but I love it. Nonetheless, mm. God bless America land that I love stand beside her and guide her from the night with the light from above from the mountains to the prairies 
song talks about our home, our home. I, I envision in, in New Heights a sign that I saw. We just got back from some training, my wife and I, that is preparing us with the structure and the systems that we need to plan our church called ARC. And at the church we were at in Birmingham, huge church, they had a huge banner that says, Welcome Home. My heart got so warm because I started thinking about what does home look like, feel like? What is it like? And I'm thinking, wow. So all these things are running through my mind as I'm envisioning this particular message here today about having a home. What does home look like? I know what it feels like. Hopefully it feels like heaven. A little bit of heaven. Those of us who long to go home to see our elders and to see Jesus and to spend eternity, say we want a little bit of that home on earth, heaven on earth. So what does a church look like that make people feel that they've come home and that they feel this sanctity and the love of God that's in heaven? It's like, man, I, 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 that's why I want to be that kind of person. I've been asking guys, I've been asking people, what should home feel like? Not what does home feel like? Because when you ask the question, what does home feel like? Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo, that can get into a whole lot of stuff that divide us. You know, this mentality, in Revelation, God gives us the mentality that their Pentecost, the Church of Acts, they were all on one accord in different languages. They had come together. 3,000 folks started gathering from all over. I attend the church now in Lakeview Church. I've been there for about five years now. And I've traveled the world and the nation as an evangelist at many different types of churches. And you go in, I'm thinking, man, this feels a little bit like home. Because, see, home for me is chitlins and greens and cornbread and black-eyed peas. Praise that wonderful name of Jesus. See, that's home for me. See, for some of y'all, that just stretched y'all right there. I'm thinking, oh, really? Okay. And so home means so many different things. It can mean dysfunction. It can be daddy. It can be absentee. In my home, we had so much dysfunction that it wasn't safe. But when I think about Jesus in a church, the place that should be the most unifying place sometimes can be the most divisive. The most segregated hour, 1968, this brother said this. I think it was like 64. The most segregated hour in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. This concept of reconciling the church, unifying the church, is still a foreign concept in some communities. And I understand why. Because you fish in the pond where fish are at that you are trying to catch. And if you don't have a multicultural pond that you're fishing in, it doesn't make sense to try to fish for different types of fish using a fish analogy. <laughs> but when I think about our nation and our country, we have found ways to come together even though we may not live in a community where all the fish look the same. Football is a classic example. Man, when we beat Pittsburgh, when we went to the Super Bowl in 06, oh my God! Man, it was like a precursor of heaven. 
If you were in that stadium, it was loud, everybody was cheering, white folks was kissing black people, and black people were kissing Latin people and Asian people, and everybody had a mentality, we won, baby, we won! Woo! The year before we got beat by Pittsburgh, the same people was yelling, y'all lost! <laughs> kind of like Jesus, crucified one minute and Hosanna the next. Side note, hey man, you in that blue shirt, stand up back there, you. Yeah, yeah, you. You are an, you are an enormously big fella. I, I walked in the bathroom and saw that dude, and I'm thinking, he got to play for somebody. If he ain't, it's a sin, Jack. Hey man, I'm looking for a bodyguard, though. I want to help you out, man. But let's talk after the service, my brother. Got you. Amen. I, I walked in the bathroom thinking, dude, like we need a crawl. That's, that's, that's what you need in your church right there. But when I think about if football can bring people together to cheer over some brothers who can't really figure out if they want to stand or kneel, we can definitely have a church that can show our nation we can live and love and work together. That we have a a king of kings and a lord of lords that we are all cheering for. That's what unifies us because, see, we all win when we're on that team. All of us. But, see, when we think about home, we have people that have so divided us. But we've always had patriarchs that have come together. These two brothers lived at the same time in the subject of our history that is so, so, so painful to reflect on. And many people say, why we talk about it? Isn't it under the blood? Well, abortion's under the blood too, but we talk about that. Crime is under the blood, but we talk about that. Marriages are under the blood, but we talk about that. See, see, see there's so many things that are still under the blood, but that does not mean we don't talk about them. Knowledge isn't power. Well, did anybody ever tell you that? application of knowledge is power because see it's not enough to know to do good if you don't do the good you know to do you have to do the good you know to do before the good you know to do will do you any good yeah, I hope you've got a lot of knowledge and don't apply the knowledge that they have we have to talk about things that are so hard to talk about sometimes and I remember when he came I was probably 8 years old when, when this happened and, 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 and he would go and speak in the south and they would have segregated meetings where the blacks sit on this side and ropes and the whites would sit in the middle and then others would sit over there and there wasn't many others at that time. There's a whole lot of others now in America, bro. a whole lot of others. See, we may have come over here on different ships, we're in the same boat now, we gotta remember that. But in that time, they didn't have that same philosophy. And so Billy Graham would come out and he would see this, the segregation and says, this is not my father's will. Take those ropes down. Well, I'm not going to preach. And the organizers, well, it's not done like that round here. We don't, we, we don't do that round here. You where you think you at? I don't care where I'm at. As for me and my house, we're going to do the way God says. Take it down or I'm leaving. And they would take the ropes down. And he says, now, everybody, let's come together. Let's bring some chitlins with some rhubarb pie. Let's kind of mix it all up, baby. That's what God's will is. 
I'm thinking, what took the ropes down? Did Billy Graham take those ropes down? No, he didn't. Love took the ropes down. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my King, what you hear. Let it be sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love, love, love. Oh, man, I was watching the wedding. You know what wedding, the big one. And you know, it's not a manly thing for a brother to be watching the wedding. You know, but I had to stop because this brother, man, Bishop Michael Curry, man, this little dude was preaching, man. I think I had to, I'm like, come on. So I almost took it off. I almost like, wow, well, I got to send an offering for that message, boy. <laughs> that boy killed that 15 minutes. Because he started talking about when love is the way. Oh, love must be sincere. He says, we must hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. He says, when love finds a way, you will have a government and the nation will love. It's the way. Imagine businesses and commerce when love is the way. Imagine a tired old world when love is the way, when unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, no child will go to bed hungry. In this world, ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream of righteousness, like an ever-ending flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, even old poor black boys from the ghetto who've been raised racist and separatist can be discipled by the very people who he used to persecute. As I've been answering the question, why? Why the church? Why do we need another church? Has anybody ever asked that same question about a really nice restaurant that's coming to town? <laughs> why do we need another restaurant? Because they're serving something good. Because <laughs> they're serving something good, and if they're serving something good, you want to get in line. I, 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 I believe we can show this community. I believe this, and I have a dream. I've been researching, do we have many African-American brothers that intentionally cross-culturally want to integrate our churches and represent we can show the world that we can do it when there's not many models that we can? Are there some? Yeah, you're going to look at one. You're looking at a brother that's going to do it. I'm not trying to do this. I'm not praying about doing it. I've prayed about it. God has told me, get her done. And when we got brothers like Paul, Standing alongside of us, other churches that are on our team saying, Go, baby! Go! Go for Jesus in Jesus' name, and we want to help you. We don't have to be the running back. We can be, we can be on the, this longer, let us be on the team, dude, because we're on God's team. It's about what God is doing. When love is the way, you don't care who gets the credit. 
You don't have to be up front when love is the way. See, he understood it wasn't about him. And these guys are controversial from a perspective of one dude was a drunkard and one guy was this dude who was a womanizer and he did some crazy stuff, but he used love to create, to push past hate. Billy Graham was the most squeaky clean brother that you could, there ain't no scandals in his name, none, 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 find, find one. Brother was above reproach. But they left this thing that the remnant is gone. What we gonna do now? We gonna do the same thing we did before he came. Carry on the legacy. Who was the greatest person, greatest person in his ministry? Billy Graham had a Sunday school teacher that took a bunch of old radical little boys who were stuck on stupid. <laughs> and poured Jesus into them. And one of them just turned out to be the greatest evangelist of all time. But he didn't die. He didn't die. His legacy lives on in all of us. And the multiplicity of individuals who he led to Christ. Of the example that he set. That you carry on if you have the same pigmentation as he does. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. The one dude said it's the content of your character. And character has nothing to do with skin. Just sin. We don't like talking about that in the midst of our coming together. Jesus tells us that we're all welcome at the feet of Jesus. All of us the Jew and the Gentile for all nations is merciful. His greatest commandment love the Lord with all your white souls. Love him with everything you got but don't forget to love your neighbor the same way. Maybe that's part of the problem. We don't have a healthy self-respect for who we are. And so you can't love if you don't have love in your heart. If you're not loving, that's why the church is necessary. I'm reflecting back on the writing my second book. No, I, I, I have my second book written. I need a publisher. Any publishers in the house that can help me, please. <laughs> my first book's out there, my first 45 years. The next book we're writing now is called The Church. As we're chronologically looking at the stories that God is doing as we build our church. The second book, 25 years behind the huddle with an NFL chaplain, then it turned into 30 years NFL chaplain. So any publishers in the house? Let me raise your hand. Let me see you. Hey, big guy, make him raise your hand, man. <laughs> but that mentality that God wants us to leave a remnant of our lives, that all of us matter. Why do we matter? Because it's as I'm writing this book, I'm writing it to my eight-year-old self that was in this attic. My mom had just been put in a mental institution because she shot the guy who gave me his name, my mom was sold in an arranged marriage to an older guy about, about almost 20 years older than her. And she was sold while she was pregnant by my grandfathers. She, my eldest brother is a product of incest. My mom had been abused and hurt by so many men in her life. And so we were forced to stay with this aunt who was addicted to drugs, and she kept us in this attic. And she fed us dog food and beat us. I mean, it was, it, was, it was horrific. It really was horrific. And I remember the only time we felt free 
because she put on this mask on Sunday. And she would dress us up, and we got to take a, a bath that morning. And we would go to church. And I still smell the fried chicken in the church. I ain't like, that was the best. Oh, my God. It represented freedom. And these women would love us and kiss us. And, she, and then for, just for a few hours, we were free. But we'd have to go back. And I'm writing this letter after 50 years and telling you, boy, you don't understand what God's going to do because of the church in your life. At 20, I was living so duplicit, my uncle was a pimp, a pusher, and a preacher. He taught me duplicity, and, but I worshipped him. And from 13 to 20, I lived a duplicit life. That's what's in the book. I don't have time to share it here. But I, I, I was stuck on stupid. Very prejudiced. Very prejudiced. I used to hate white people. I mean a, I mean a severe hatred. Had, had nothing wanted to do with you. The guys at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes were predominantly all white. And I, I used to persecute them. I used to do some crazy stuff to them. And there was this one guy named Skip Ass. He was a quarterback. Ken, why are you so full of the devil? God loves you, you know that. Look it out of my face. I'm praying for you, Ken. God's got a purpose for your life. God's going to use you one day. Boy, shut up. I ain't got nothing. He would love me. He would love me. He loved me. I remember going all in with Christ and Skip was right. I told you. I told you. I know God. I know him. This dude loved me to life. The same guy I used to persecute saw past my pigmentation to my purpose and my potential. He looked past all my faults and saw all my needs. Ain't that like Jesus? Ain't that what Jesus does? He says, and that's what I want my people to do, the same thing, regardless of where you come from. Because you know, all of us share some things in common. We all share the same creator. We all share the same Christ. We all share the same struggle. And we all share the same calling. You know, God made us out of dirt. I know I'm a little darker dirt. I mean, y'all lighter dirt. One of my buddies, Alan Bissler, his grandson said, why you say Ken is black? He's brown. And I'm not white, I'm pink. <laughs> out of the mouth of babes, it's so true, man. But this mentality, he formed us. All of one. Because it's the blood that's inside of us that really is what unites us. The blood. The blood. We may come from dirt, but it's the blood that unites us. That's the blood of Christ that compels us. It's the mentality of Christ. A father may made us, but it's the blood of Christ that compels us. It's him that sacrificed and shed his blood for our sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the 
Y'all know it too. I tell you, boy, it's about the blood that unites us. The blood of Christ. Pray for the NFL because they're really in a different place today. They want us, they wanted us to become life coaches, not chaplains. I don't know how to do it, and I wasn't trying to learn how to do it. So I'm transitioning. I'm still going to be around. I'm a preacher every once in a while. I'm glad I don't have to stand on sidelines no more. Don't travel no more. Deal with rich, small kids who make more money than they have common sense. And people have been asking me, why aren't the coaches helping you? You ever ask rich people for their money? It's their heart. They don't want to give you that. That's their identity. I've been a, I was a volunteer chaplain for 30. I never got paid. Not one year. They were supposed to give us a check at the end of the celebration they did for us. They gave me a piece of paper with a number on it saying, we're going to send you a check. I'm still waiting on it. If y'all live streaming, I'm still waiting on the check. We started a church, and, and, and they don't take food stamps. They want cash. For real. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got, I got caught up right there. But it's just that mentality. I don't trust those men. I trust God. Because you can tell I ain't missed no meals, Jack. And I'm blinging and stinging, but hey, hey. God is faithful to the faithful he is. He's faithful. I take care of his business. He take care of mine. I've always been this guy who understands we have to help people in the midst of their struggles. While we work with inner city moms, I come from a family of an inner city mom. I know what it feels like to go to bed hungry. As we start the church, people have been asking me. I had one pastor tell me. He was so well-meaning, but he, was, he didn't understand the magnitude of what he was saying. He says, kid, I want to help you help your people. He was so sincere. He was so honest. But he was so misinformed because my people ain't just the people who look like me. My people are God's people. Now, do we have different issues based on where we come from? Yeah, Absolutely. Some things, because I got some suburbanite brothers that got more money than they have common sense also, and they kids just as stuck on stupid as the kids in the city. And we need, we've been using their resources to help bridge the gap, but I got to let them know, I, I, I want your heart, I don't want your money. I want to take care of your family too. I want a place that we can try to work out. You may not like all the music all the time, but I guarantee you, if you hang around it long enough, you will. Ask these kids who like rap music. They'll tell you. They like rap music. They don't, they don't mind. Hey, come on. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Yo, they, 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 they. I ain't even said that. They just like the beat. Oh, hey, hey. And some of you adults, truth be told, y'all like some of it too. Sugar Hill Gang. And some of them old, oh, y'all like it too, hey. It's, it's when we come to church that we get so religious that, well, that's not appropriate. Who said that? And why we got to believe it? Can we have a Brooklyn Tabernacle mentality? You ever been to Brooklyn Tabernacle? Rich millionaire sitting next to a street dude that they just gave a shower off the street. The but our people. That's my church. My, all of God's people. Because we all got struggles. Pain is universal. Life happens to all of us. And we all 
sin and fall short. But there's a gift through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that unifies all flesh, that brings us really all together, that no weapon formed against that shall prosper. That's what I want to be in a place and create a place and being associated with people who want that same dream and vision that all people matter. Not just people victimized by police brutality. Not just guys who've been on the camera saying that they have been perfect. This. Does it, that happen? Does stupid still happen? Absolutely it still happens. But what are we doing that we can come together versus being divisive? The church is the place that does that. Don't expect the world to have the answers of what it's going to take to unify us as the body of Christ. They don't have it. They don't want to have it. Their objective is to divide and conquer. Ours is, repeat after me, we are better, we are better. Together. together. See, that's what Christ knows. We are better together. Red, yellow, black, brown, and white. We are all precious in his sight. Jesus loved all the children of the world. Oh, yes, we are so much better when we work and live and work together. All of us understand that we are united to this world to preach the gospel to every creature. Every one of us are welcome at his feet to have a world unified, to make disciples of all ethnoses, of all nationalities, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey him in everything he commands. See, it's what you do with Jesus. That's why the NFL, I believe, is going to miss it. If they take Jesus out, they want to be politically correct. We're not politicians. We're Christians. We're Christ-like. What you're going to do with Jesus is the answer. Jesus reconciles. Jesus unites. The church is the remnant to wage war against the things of this world that's trying to tell us we can't. But what did God say? What is God saying? That we can in love. We must. My buddy, Aaron, I was praying, God, send me a brother of another color that loves meetings, systems, processes, don't mind the process of strategic plans, <coughs> who can dream up here with me where I live at, but bring me down to earth to implement. To implement. I got stuck. I started doing the where before I had the who, what, why, and how in place. God sent me a guy that got me focused and organized. When he sent him to me, I was next to him and couldn't, didn't have enough faith to believe he was, that he could work with me because I thought he was beyond me. Where you come from where I come from, it's hard to dream big and expect it to happen. But God shows up and will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ever ask, think, and or imagine. Because I, I do know how to dream. I just couldn't dream like a God dream. He a God-delivered dream kind of guy. He is. He's been a blessing. Oh, my God. 
I was three to six months behind on all my homework for my assignments. He come on in a month and called us up and checked this out. I hadn't been able to pay him. I haven't been able to pay him, and he, he's all in, all in. I haven't been able to pay myself either, so we both kind of, we ain't missed, but still, when we come here and people say, we want to help you, believe me, you're not helping a sinking ship. We are going to make it. Believe me. Failure's not going to be an option. I'm just that guy. When I put my mind to do something, here it is. It's going to happen. You believe that. And it's just so awesome that I ain't got to do it by myself. Because <laughs> we got a God relationship. People committed to putting God first, regardless of the reward. Because we know we're going to eat. We know that. God's going to bless. If people make huge commitments, it'd be good when they write the check, though. It, it is good. Make a commitment, but the check is better. That's just being real. In this mentality, I was intentional to what I needed. Intentionality. What does your intent? You know, I intend to reconcile. He intended to invite a guy and, and understand that we got to work together. We got to show the world. We got to have examples to show the world that we can do it because the world don't think we can. The world looking at us and saying, oh, look at them. They're all a bunch of hypocrites and fakes. They're talking about they love folks. They can't even love their neighbor next door. Who is our neighbor? The person that's in need. Because the world says, see, he shouldn't have been in that bad neighborhood. Because if he wasn't in a bad neighborhood, he wouldn't have got jacked up. And, then, and if he'd have stayed on his side of town where he should have been, he, the, the robbers couldn't have got him. So he should have stayed where he needed to believe. We should have been. And see, as the priest come by and say, hey, man, I pray for you, dude. God bless you, man. You all right? Let me give you a dollar or something. I've been that guy. Leave that. I can't touch no thing. I, got, I, I can't go touch this guy. I may get dirty. Dirt may get on me. The Samaritan was a Samaritan half-breed. Maybe he understood being discriminated against. Maybe he know what it felt like to be outcast and looked upon and rejected. I, I almost did something stupid at this service. I was going to dress up like an alcoholic and, and, and stand right out there, but I'm black and y'all done noticed me off the bat. <laughs> so, somebody would have probably called the police on me or something. <laughs> but do you just walk past people that are in need or do... Because you know what it feels like to be rejected. Maybe that's why the Samaritans, maybe that's why I'm that guy, because I know what it feels like. And I don't want anybody to feel like that. For Christmas, that's why I go crazy for Christmas, because I know what it feels like to not have anything for Christmas, like nothing. And your mom is crying. She come home all beat up because her pimp took all her money. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember it vividly, very vividly. And we can, have, we can create a place that can love people past their hurt, that all the people at God's kingdom, regardless of how you got there, I don't care how you got there. All I care is I know a Savior that can help you. 
That's what I'm all about. That's what this church wants to be all about. I want to be a, a bunch of mixed individuals. Some of y'all like that pineapple. You rough on the outside, sweet on the inside. Some of you like grapes, you've got little, some seeds in you, you need to be, because sometimes you make people want to spit you out, because you just, <laughs> you like a banana sometimes, you know, good, man, you know, but you, you, you're good in a smoothie, but sometimes you're just not that good by yourself. <laughs> Same thing with a lot of those other things, you know. But we don't have to all be the same for God to use us. Unity has nothing to do with sameness. It's uniformity that we need one another, that we intensely care, that we trust and yield to one another. Being unified. Because something happens when you cut all that stuff up and make a nice little fruit salad. Oh, man, it keeps this individuality. But at the same time, it kind of rub up to a little banana, a little strawberry, a little orange. Woo, boy, we get to taste it a little bit better because we come together, baby. That's what this thing is really all about. How do we do that in the midst of our message? We have to just love one another. Family. See, you, you, family can disappoint you, but you never give up on it. Remember my son went to prison and Coach Dungey's son got committed suicide that year. It was tough. I remember going to speak to my son when he was in the prison. I was crying all the way there and all the way back. And they gave him three life sentences. He's never going to get out of prison. It almost killed me. But you know one thing? It didn't affect my love for him one bit. My hope for him. Now he's a Chaplain's assistant, I went to speak in the prison, 900 dudes got saved. I never thought that would have been the outcome. I never would have thought something that hurt me so bad, love would push me past it. He disappointed me. You ever had somebody disappoint you to the point where it almost broke your heart, or it broke your heart, it stole your hope, but your love got you through it? Jesus know how you feel on the cross. Father, what's up with that? You forsake me, man. See, I got to look away for death to get you because as long as I'm looking at you, death can't take you. But know this, I'm looking back because I love you, son. It's just temporary. We have to repent from the things that we all have. I, I'm, I'm very prejudiced. I'm, I'm more prejudiced against some black people than I am against white folk. That's just me. Because... More and more of my brothers call me Uncle Tom, call me a sellout, call me something. I'm thinking, what, what, what is, what's that? Like, really? Because my pastor happens to be Caucasian. You need to be over here with us. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Us. Who is us? A am I biblical or am I black? Are you white or are you written under God's holy ordinances. This mentality, pray for guidance and oneness, really one. And be intentional by leaving our comfort zone, simply getting the race. Hey, come here, my brother. This is my ride or die brother. We, we got, I mean, God, God sent him. 
God, no, it ain't no gray in that. I remember, I'll let you tell it. <laughs> tell them how we met, bro. You ever seen a turtle on a fence post? How does a turtle get on a fence post? Like, it did not climb up there on its own, right? Someone had to put it there. I was in Australia in October, and I worked at Grace Church for 17 years. And I didn't recognize it, but I was comfortable. I loved what I did. And this uh, pastor friend of mine from Kenya said, hey, Aaron, when are you going to plan a church? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I've, I have no plans for that. I love what I'm doing. I get to serve pastors, guys like Ken. And then I come home, and December 13th, I'm sitting across from Ken at this new thing, gathering, and Ken starts sharing. I'm looking for someone. And this is what I'm looking for, and da, da, da. And it's like that spirit whispers in your ear, hey, Aaron, you know, that could be you. And here I am, right? God, he, he said it earlier, it says in the word, God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine, Right? exceedingly abundantly more. I used to work with Pastor Pierre. I spent a year with him. Many of you know Pastor Pierre and the work that goes on in Haiti. Pastor Pierre says, dreams cost me nothing, so I dream big. And uh, that's kind of what's been happening here. We started to trust God and the dreams that he has that are bigger than us. I started to pursue Ken. I started to pursue this relationship. Uh, Grace made it really easy for me. They said, hey, we'll pay you to go away if you like. They had a voluntary severance. I said, great, I'll take that. And uh, here we are. And just imagine with me, if you would, just imagine if each one of us would just listen to that spirit in us, especially when we're bored or get really comfortable, and we do what Ken's challenge us to. We just start to take steps of intentionality. We recognize the need that's across the street from us. Or we just pay attention to the conversation that, that's ahead of us. Like, I really believe that God's going to do something extraordinary through New Heights. It's bigger than I could ask or imagine. And so I'm trying to dream really, really big. But uh, I feel like a turtle on a fence post. And maybe all of us could maybe have that sometime. Mm. I, I Probably two years ago, if you'd have told me... <laughs> I was planting the church. <laughs> I said, no. Y'all too hard to deal with, man. Because everybody got their own agenda. Everybody wants things from their perspective. And as a pastor, I got to deal with love. You love y'all, pastor, y'all unlovability. And then the guy, Tim Brock, White River says, can you do that? Because I, I had all these men's pastor job offers. I go on staff as a men's pastor. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, that brother's bar. Ha. I'm a crazy dude anyway, so men might. He says, no, do something greater than yourself. You could do, what, 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 what does God have to show up for? Woo. I want God to be God to have, God have to be God, because when God has to be God, you are not in control. I want God to be in control. Today, coming here, Jack, Jack just blew us away again. Man, Jack, dude, God use you again, bro. I'm, I'm following up on that building. He's talking about this a building and right where we want to be at, and they're shutting it down. I'm thinking, no, they're just shutting it down. They're just getting ready to transition with the heights, baby. Because <laughs> how God is just with us. This is how we want to end. I, I, the so, they say I have to be on social media. <laughs> That's what they say. So everywhere we've been going, 
and people going to stand with us, we've been trying to get them this, to simply say this. Everybody repeat after me. Say, we're here with Genesis. We're here with Genesis. And we are, we are. better together. Now, see, that's what I need you to do. Now, Aaron and I are going to be up here. Paul, come on up here with us, Paul. Come on up here with us. Come on up here with us. Okay, everybody stand up. 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 Okay, put the black guy in the middle. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to say, me and Aaron are going to say, I'm, hey, I'm Pastor Ken Johnson. I'm Pastor Aaron. And we are from? New Heights Church. And we're here with? Paul Mumaw. From? Genesis Church. Okay, now, now, when he says we're here with Paul Numar, we're with? Genesis We're here with what? Genesis Church. Now you're who? I'm Paul Numar. Is that what you call me? <laughs> Paul Numar. 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 Paul M-Dog. M-Dog. I'm calling him M-Dog. M-Dog. We're, Paul, we're here with Paul M-Dog. And, okay. I'm sorry. We're here with who? Paul Numar. Now, you got, now you, got, you got to get there with you, right? Okay, they, right. But do we, okay, okay? Okay, right, let's try it one time through the rough through, the rough through. And then at the end, I need a big cheer like we just won the Super Bowl. When we say better together, okay? Say we are better together. And we all say together we are better together. So here, I'm Pastor Ken Johnson. I'm Pastor Aaron And we're with New Heights. And you are? I'm Paul Mumar. And I'm with? Yes, and we are? Is it turned around? Nope, there it is. My wife said I gotta get a stick next time. <laughs> hey, I'm Pastor Ken Johnson. I'm Pastor Aaron Elliott. And we're with New Heights and... I'm Paul Mumaw with... Yes, sir. And we are... Yes, sir. Yeah, baby! Woo! Amen! That's going on our Facebook page. Let us pray. God, we love you and we thank you for our brothers that we stand united, God. Under the banner of Christ, I thank you for not only the commitment that Genesis has made for, for the heights, God, this for anyone that may feel called, particularly that big dude in the back. <laughs> oh, Lord, we need some big brothers like that in our church. But more importantly, God, we just need love to, to unify us. So, God, may you just be with us. Thank you for just them for showing up at Genesis. And may they go deep here before they go deep anywhere. May they stand with their pastors and be united with the visions of this church and bless them accordingly, God. May your favor go before us. May your wisdom be bestowed upon us as we transition from one stage to another in our lives and write this chapter about a church that simply is fighting to look like heaven, creating a home for all of God's people to feel safe and secure and welcomed and wanted. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. amen. Thanks, Ken. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank them one more time.